0: Hello, this is John Beasley, and at Babs' convention in Bournemouth earlier in 2019, I was delighted to be granted the opportunity to speak for Harmony UK podcast to one of the world's best-loved and most accomplished barbershop quartets, Crossroads. The quartet were the guest of the British Association of Barbershop Singers, and as well as a barnstorming headline appearance on the Sunday night show, they were busy throughout the convention weekend, with a masterclass on Saturday and a coaching session under glass on Sunday lunchtime. So let's begin there. We'll be talking to Crossroads in a moment, but first, let's eavesdrop on that Sunday lunchtime session. The quartet being put through their paces by Crossroads are the Babs' senior quartet champions, one foot in the stave.
1: We have all these colours in our voice. Can you guys sing with all the colours in your voice? And please don't sing together or blend, Okay. I just want each of you to sing all the colours that you have in not just the bright, not just every color you can bring into your voice, and don't blend with one another or sing together. I don't want that to be a constraint. <clears throat>
2: just you be totally you, there was, and
1: there was a
2: boy a little boy. It's so freeing.
1: When we, when, we, when we let people just sing, they really can have fun singing. The dirtiest word in the English language for, for me, for a choir, is the word blend. I never use that word. I hate that word. Everybody, would you sing again and blend with one another? <laughs> That's what I hate about blend.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and
0: well, time. shortly afterwards, I ran into the baritone from that champion senior's quartet, Peter Nugent, or Nuge, as he's affectionately known
4: to fellow barbershoppers. So I asked him. What was it like? I think the fact that we were singing in front of an audience and getting coached under glass in front of an audience of maybe, I don't know, 100 people, it was uh, a little bit scary, uh, but at the same time, it, uh, it put us on our metal. And I think we've all improved, and, and the way they approached it, uh, you know, with duetting and some of the basic things that we have to work on, um, which, we, which we know, but we just forget to do, was, uh, was a great opportunity. This thing about listening rather than blending, I thought, was really interesting it was and, and I, th- I think for me it's, uh, there's a difference between listening and, and then audiating. You, know, you can listen to you know, we were told to listen to the lead uh, rather than blend with him um, but what I tried to do is put uh, Brian's voice in my head and make my voice disappear into his and that was a great thing and, and the other thing that, I, that they asked her to do which really resonated was uh, sing with all the colours in your voice and that made a big difference to me. It, I just felt like I was opening up and uh, my voice got bigger, but at the same time, mysteriously disappeared into the quartet sound. It was just great.
0: Peter Nugent, a.k.a. Nooge, with some thoughts on that coaching session. Well, afterwards, this being a barbershop convention, Crossroads were only too happy to take an impromptu request to sing Bread and Gravy. And I was delighted when they said that I could record them. Four guys standing in a horseshoe, singing into just one microphone. Now, I'm uh, not saying that the recording equipment for this podcast is crude, but it did occur to me that when Billy Murray and the famous American quartet walked into Victor Records way back in 1910 to sing Mr. Jefferson Lord play that uh, barbershop chord, they would have been recorded in pretty much the same fashion. So, here it is, an old-school-style recording from one of the world's (laughs) finest modern-day quartets, Crossroads. (laughs) Da 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 -da 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 -da
2: Friends and money, lots of friends and money. No more rambling until I'm through with scrambling. Keep up with the Joneses all the time. And I got good reason to be swell. And my clothes all fit me well. And I wear a nice ring my finger well I'm as free as I can be and my honey's loving me so I just can't keep from singing, singing. by <bubbed> da great rain, News now. Lots of bread and gravy all the time. All the time. (laughs) And I look at this mighty nice ring. I'm wearing fancy things, and I'm, I'm just, just as free f- as a fella can be. And oh, how my honey is loving me, so I just can't help but see Oh yeah, yeah. giving a breath. bread and, and gravy, gravy lots of time. No more blues now, there ain't no bad news now. Just bread and gravy all the time. No more fretting. and nuts since I've been getting the bread and gravy all the time. All the time. all the time.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Uh, a great privilege to see them performing that song. The members of Crossroads, who are...
5: Brandon Guyton, Baritone. Mike Slampka,
6: lead.
0: Jim
5: Henry, bass. Fred Farrell, tenor. And
0: welcome all to Babs 2019, the 45th convention that Babs has had. Um, I'm just wondering... You, you're on a whirlwind trip. You, you, you've just done a workshop. You did one yesterday. You're on the show tonight. Do you actually get to see very much of, of what goes on here?
1: Not as much as we'd like to see. We were able to get in the in the house and watch some things yesterday, but not enough. We really do love to be a part of things and be able to watch the competitions. Those are always so exciting, but... They've kept us pretty busy here, which we're fine with as well. We've enjoyed every second of it. But we did enjoy the Real Group's uh, concert last night. That was quite special.
0: I was going to ask you about the differences between your own quartet and a five-piece like the Real Group, because they've... girls. Well, that's true. That's 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 one very important difference.
6: (laughs) We only have one.
0: (laughs) But they were also talking about the way that they trust one another and the way that they listen to each other on stage. And they want every performance to be different. And they listen, and if if they make a mistake, or what what might, some people might consider to be a mistake, they evaluate it, they see whether they can build it in next time, whether they can build on it. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, that works for some people, I guess. No,
0: <laughs>
1: no I think it's a great philosophy. I feel like we're, we kind of do the same thing. The one thing they said... Um, at their master classes, they have a 20-minute rule that when they leave the stage, they can't say anything negative for 20 minutes. I think if we could just 20 seconds
0: our 20-second rule would be good for our quartet, <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: that's true. It's baby steps. <laughs>
0: one of the things that did interest me, though, was you, you were talking about you, you've all sung in, in, in top quartets uh, before as well, or as well as crossroads. And one of the things you said, you don't often hear from quartet singers and and, and that was that you have to sing differently between one quartet and another and it it takes some getting used to. Brandon, um, how was that for you?
5: Yeah, I mean it's a very different, all the voices are different, you know every quartet has different parts and pieces and uh, I've been singing with my brother my whole life so when we came into Four Voices we were part of a collegiate group and uh, when we met those guys, we were singing in a particular way there. So not only with my brother, but with the voices of Lee Co- Collegiate Ensemble. So you, with all of our quartets, you spend 15 years or, or so, 10 years, singing in a particular way in a style. And all of a sudden, this is different voices, a whole different thing. So you just have to relearn how to fit these pieces together. So it was a process. And when
0: you, you learn to sing together, Mike, how do you do that? How do you, you fit your voices together?
6: Well, actually, it didn't really fit together at the beginning very well. And so we had a, a coaching session with actually, she's a Sweet adeline named Jean Barford and really helped us to find our kind of matching resonance sound. And it's a lot of the stuff that we were talking about yesterday in our master class. And then today, even with some of the coaching that we did, but it really starts with that making sure that we're matching our resonance first. And then everything else kind of goes from there, vowels and you know diction and all those things together. But it starts with the amount of space that we use, I guess.
0: And this might confuse some people because, Jim, you were saying that one of the words you, you really don't like when it comes to choirs or quartets or anything is blending. What is the difference between matching and blending?
1: Well, it's it's a tricky thing to talk about. I think in some, in some ways it's a, just a semantical difference. But I think when singers try to blend with each other, what they immediately do, and I've tested this out with many different kinds of choirs, they immediately, each singer loses all the color and personality from their voice because they're trying to sound like the person that they're standing next to. I think our philosophy, and, and I feel like it's been borne out pretty well, is we all have unique colors, and it's that that's our strength. Our strength is what the colors that we have together, so... If we all sing with our full colors, then, and then listen to each other, we're singing together, we're balancing and doing all of those things, but not at the expense of the thing that makes us uniquely us as individual singers. Now, in order for me to match or be unified with Mike, I might have to bring out a certain color a little of my voice a little louder than I would bring out other colors, but I feel like as I sing, at least I try, to have all of my colors present, but some might be a little bit more heightened in order to find a timbre that'll sort of go with the colors of Mike's voice. But blending is so subtractive, and adding colors and listening is so additive. I was about to say addictive. It's, a, it's, addic- it's addictive
0: and additive.
2: Well, that, that, that's
0: good to know. The barbershop in general, I think, is pretty addictive for a lot it of people. Is. I mean, I, I'm just wondering whether this is equally true for all the parts. I mean fred using tenor and in a lot of quartets around here you will hear people complaining that it's the tenor that stands out most it's the tenor that that, that is able to integrate least well into the chorus uh, into the quartet is there any justification for that kind of suggestion
3: none whatsoever <laughs> no I, I you know it was a huge for me personally this was it was as big of a it probably wasn't as noticeable maybe the developing blend between Jim and Mike, but it was a huge, huge leap for me when I started singing with these guys. I, I sing tenor totally differently than I did in my first quartet as well. And it it, was, Well, in what way? Well, I, I guess the best way to describe it is I was much more of, of a traditional falsetto with more of a darker tone, I guess, you know, and I really had to work hard to... And I still do. I still work hard all the time at doing this, but my struggle has been getting that that sound to be bright and forward, you know, and, and brilliant, as brilliant as possible. But again with that ring and with that with that space to match these guys but it, it was a lot of effort and i you know frankly cuz these guys when we started these guys had all been you know singing brandon and mike had just come out of their previous quartets and while jim and gas house gang was done had been done for a while jim was still you know active with the the ambassadors and you know teaching music every day so still pretty vocally active i hadn't been i was at a barbershop for a while and i was doing a lot of work and to get back to you know where I needed to be vocally to hang with these guys and then to totally change the way that I had to sing to match with them was uh well it was it took a while and I was you know there were times when I wasn't sure I could could do it anymore frankly but um uh yeah it took a lot of work but I think again for the benefit of the people that are listening I we didn't we just finished a coaching session with a quartet here at the the bass convention one foot in the stave yeah yeah and the big thing that i think i came away with was be that follower be that that ensemble singer that mike can trust so we can get all of mike and and you know once i kind of figured out where my placement needed to be within this group you know then it's just a matter of you know making sure i'm somebody mike can trust heaven when you stroll
2: down the golden avenue. golden avenue. There are mansions left and right and you're thrilled at every sign. And the saints are always smiling, saying how do you do? Oh, it's a great, great morning. You first day in heaven when you realize you worry, days are through days are through. You'll be, be glad to wear not idle. Took time to read your Bible. It's a great, great morning for you, for you
0: One of the things that, that stands out about Crossroads to my mind is the number of gospel-inspired songs you do. Think think of things like The Old Rugged Cross, There Must Be a City, Via Dolorosa, which is a a, a heartbreakingly emotional song about Jesus' uh, trip towards Calvary and crucifixion. In this country, we rarely touch those songs. If you look at the quartets and choruses, do you think we're missing a trick?
1: I don't know if you're missing a trick. I think that, you know, you have to sing what you can put your heart into and what really moves you and what you know what's a part of you and for us that is a big part of our lives individually and as a quartet I mean we we feel very spiritually bound to do that and I we we feel very strongly that the Lord brought us together and so uh, I think it behooves us to to sing praise because we feel it I don't think that people should do it if they're not feeling that necessarily but uh, for us it's just very natural because it's an extension of
0: who we are as people. Is it something that that helped to bring you together as a quartet? Uh,
6: Absolutely, yeah. It's one of the the many things that kind of connects us, but uh, maybe the most important kind of thread, not only with the four of us, but by extension our wives and families, just knowing that we're all Christian men and Christian families, and that kind of helps our whole Crossroads family together, and and it it certainly had a a big effect on on us getting together. Down
2: the Dolorosa in Jerusalem that day, the soldiers tried to clear the narrow streets, but the crowd pressed in to see. and he wore a crown of thorns upon his head, and he bore with every step the scorn of those who cried out for his death, down the Via Dolorosa, called the way of suffering, Like a lamb came the Messiah, Christ the King. Oh, but he chose to walk that road out of his love love. for you.
5: I don't think we think of it in terms of like repertoire. Like we need a religious song here. We've never thought of it that way. It's just this is a song that moves us and we want to sing it, a song that connects to us, that speaks with us. And that's I think for all of our repertoire it's been that way and that's probably why we do so much religious music because as Jim said, it is who we are. It's how we I think all of us define ourselves as Christian men before pretty much anything else and then fam- husbands, fathers, all those things so that's definitely been part of what we wanted to express is just to express our, our thanks for being together and this music that's meant so much to us
0: Is there any concern that it might be becoming more controversial? I mean there, there was a, a, a song that everybody in harmony, the chorus were, were going to sing at this year's um, International and they changed it because some people objected to it
2: Well,
1: I think that you know. I think that it again. I think it has its place. For us, there's no controversy, (laughs) right? So among among the four of us, there's no controversy. So we're just going to sing, and if you know, uh, people hire us to be on their program, knowing that there there probably will be some of those songs on there. So uh, I don't think that we apologize for it or back away from it. But I think that. It is important to be sensitive to other people's, you know, beliefs, and and uh, I don't think that we're insensitive to that. I just feel like we, as Brandon said, we just have to sing the songs that, that we can relate to. That's really what it is for us.
5: Well, and one, just one thing I would say is just I think personally we feel like the message of jesus in the bible is one of inclusion and love right. and so at the end of the day we we feel like that it, it is about accepting people and loving people where they are as we're all flawed broken people and jesus loves us where we are with all of our our brokenness so that's how we want to extend that to other people as well so we hope what we do doesn't alienate we know that there may be people that feel that way but it's never out of judgment it's always out of just love of where people are because that's what christ gave to us that's how we feel about it
3: yeah yeah Another thing, too, that I think our approach to it is that we're all very aware of how blessed and fortunate we are to be doing what we're doing, to be doing, have each other in our our lives and have this wonderful gift of music in the form of this quartet. And we're very thankful to God for giving us this gift. And we feel that part of what we can do is give thanks to him by singing the words that you know that he gave us and singing about him and and so that's another component that we feel it's not something again that we necessarily push on other people but we are very thankful and very blessed to be in this quartet and have one another and you know that feels like an appropriate way for us to express that thanks to who we feel is responsible my life goes on.
0: i just ask you about how you all came together because um i think it was somewhere between 10 and 15 years isn't it uh, 12, 12 years ago, yeah yeah and 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 i think jim you, you've said before that, that this had nothing at all to do with winning a gold medal at international although you did win in
1: 2009 we did but but it is true and and i you know people may or may not believe it but the Honest to goodness, truth is, it had nothing to do with going back to international or winning another gold medal. I think we chose to do that. We talked at the beginning about not even not going at all, and then we sort of said, "Well, for people to kind of know you exist and to know what kind of music you sing." You sort of have to be visible the only way that you can really be visible when you're starting off is to compete so we really did it mostly for that I mean we were blessed to, to win the contest but it was not so we didn't come together to win we were all very good friends you know from we met each other all in different ways but somehow we were interconnected for several years before Crossroads came to exist The guys tell me, although I don't remember, that we used to get together at internationals beforehand and sing tags, the four of us, because... Jim
6: begged us to sing tags (laughs) with him, and now he doesn't remember. It's really interesting.
1: But uh, but no, we really were good friends, and I think the Gas House Gang was probably the...
6: Yeah, actually, what's interesting is that each one of the three of us filled in uh, on shows with the Gas House Gang, which was, you know, we were each kind of substitutes... For the gas house, Mike and
5: I had spent significant time with the gas house gang and by proxy Jim, obviously. And so that's really where we just formed a a friendship. I mean, you know, when you're in the AIC and in barbershop, you know each other. So we had known each other in some capacity for a really long time. To get close together like that, it was really the Gas House Gang that was the unifying factor.
0: And that quartet really is a a very special quartet for many people. I know because I've done this. If you walk around this building now with all these British barbershoppers and ask them about their favorite quartet of all time, there is a fair proportion of them who will say the Gas House Gang. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the Gas House Gang,
1: we were embraced by Babs early on before we even won. The first time we were here, I think we, we had not even meddled yet, I don't think. And we were asked back to Babs several times to labs to do individual shows here and I think that for the gas house gang, this became really like a second home to us. We really felt so at home here and knew so many people, and we felt very embraced here yeah and I'm grateful for it. I don't know why they liked us so much, but we were thrilled that they did, and we loved them right back.
0: Well, so. it's not only them, is it? Because not only for the Gas House Gang, but for your your work with Ambassadors and, and with Crossroads. Now, I gather this weekend that you're, you're being inducted into the Barbershop Hall of Fame, Jim. Well, that's, that was brand new news.
1: Uh, but, yeah, that's an amazing honor. Yeah, that really is. The Gas House Gang was inducted around 2000 five-ish or something like that but to individually be inducted is you know lifelong dream. I mean I grew up in barbershop and I have so many heroes who are in that. Hall of Fame. That for my name to be on the same list as theirs is a little surreal for me.
0: What does induction actually involve? Because it makes me think of these ancient orders that we have in Britain. You know, yeah, where no, no, uh, the, the the Order of the Garter or the or, 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 or the Privy Council, the people yeah, who held the Queen. Yeah, there's, and it's you... a very complicated
3: and secretive
0: <laughs> initiation process. <laughs> I'm, you, I'm
1: told. To that
3: it... <laughs> <laughs> it, it involves uh, a lot of female clothing and whipped cream, but we can't go into any more detail
0: right now. Sorry we can divulge. <laughs> okay, well, well, how much longer are you over here? You're on the show tonight, aren't you?
1: Yes, we're looking forward to that. Yep, get on that stage again. And three of us, our first experience with Babs was in Bournemouth at, at, at this very convention. Fred was here 30 years ago to the weekend. Gashouse Gang's first one was in 1991. And Brandon was here...
6: 2002. 2002.
1: So it's great to be back in Bournemouth at Babs because three of us have that. And now finally. Right,
6: now, my first time at Bournemouth was in uh, 2019. Yes. Three days ago. Three days ago. And it hasn't rained yet. Right. <laughs> we'll no, we'll get it to rain in Urana fairly soon, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's been beautiful. <laughs> great weather, yeah. yeah. Well, it's
0: been fantastic talking to you. It's great to see you here at Babs, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the on the show tonight. Uh, Crossroads, thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you. Thanks so a thank lot.
2: It's really pleasure. Thank you.
0: You're My Best Friend, a song made famous by Queen and performed there with some very nifty beatboxing by the four members of Crossroads. It's on their latest CD, How Can I Keep From Singing, which won the award for best barbershop recording at the 2019 Caras, the international ceremony which celebrates a cappella music of all kinds. And the album is available on the quartet's website, crossroadsquartet.com. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Crossroads as much as I did. Do keep an eye out for further Harmony UK podcasts on subjects related to the exciting world of British barbershop harmony singing. There are two more planned before the end of 2019. Until then, from me, John Beasley, thanks very much for listening and bye-bye for now.